Father, we come before your throne to hear from you. We come with grateful hearts and a season of thanksgiving in this nation. And yet, merciful King, Lord of hosts, Lord of lords, King of kings, you have drawn us this day to hear your word. Father, I pray as you have shown me what I am truly thankful for. Father, that my brothers and my sisters who are gathered here, called by your name, will understand thankfulness in all things. Help us, Lord, to hear your word. Help us to hear you. Give us ears to hear. To your glory, in Christ's name. Amen. Verse 28 says, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administration, and various kinds of tongues. We'll stop right there. We're looking at 1 Corinthians as a whole. We've been looking at it now for about three years, almost four years. And we've come to spiritual gifts, chapter 12. The problem with that you see in the body of Christ today, when people look at, chap- at, at spiritual gifts, they look at a given section and they believe they understand it. You cannot look at spiritual gifts out of the context of the book of 1 Ro- Corinthians or Romans chapter 12 or 1 Peter. But you definitely cannot look at it outside of the book of 1 Corinthians. And 1 Corinthians, spiritual gifts is not dealt with only in chapter 12. It is dealt with it in chapter 12, 13, and 14. And if you do not look at it in that context, you will be as the Corinthians were. And the Corinthians were ignorant about spiritual gifts. I asked many months ago when we started this text, what do you think the church, how do you think the church responds to the issue of spiritual gifts? And verbatim, everyone believes that the church is ignorant on spiritual gifts. I look at the church today and say, yes, they are. But I understand also that the privilege that you and I have had, that many of you guys know more about spiritual gifts now than most pastors. And it isn't because I'm the great teacher, it's because we've been looking at the Word of God, period. Okay, and I'll, I'll, I'll emphasize that. We've looked at gifts of men, we've looked at gifts of strength, and now we're looking at gifts that signal. And one of the things that I wanted to deal with is miracles. That's what it says right here. There is a gift of miracles. I made a statement last week, and there was some confusion in my statement. I will try to clarify my statement. All right? If you look at miracles, the gift of miracles, all right, it's very limited in Scripture. Very limited. The only time you see, now hear what I'm saying. God can do any miracle, anytime, anywhere. He wants to do anything he wants to do. But when you see God using an earthen vessel in a miraculous way, you see Moses, Elijah, and Elijah, Jesus, and the apostles, and that's it. It ain't there. You don't see it. Look at the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Miracles are very rare. But he used Moses to reveal who God was. He used Elijah and Elijah to set the platform that the prophets would speak before God. Then you have the end of the prophetic age, Malachi. And if you really are honest with what we call the minor prophets, there are no miracles. How did you test a prophet? If he said what? What he said came true, then he was real. If it didn't come true, what did you do? Stone him. All right? At the end of Malachi, you have 400 years of nothing. God doesn't say a word. 
He doesn't do anything. You have 400 years of quiet. And then you have a miracle. The virgin birth of Jesus Christ. But you know what's amazing about that? Jesus Christ lived for how long? 33 years. Out of 33 years, how many years did he do miracles? Three. To confirm what? Who? He revealed God. Moses and Elijah revealed God in the written word. Jesus for three years revealed God in the living word. The apostles wrote it down and now you have the written word again. And now we are in a season of quiet. Quiet. I shared with you guys when I started with these gifts, gifts that signal. I cannot show you a text that says the sign gifts ceased. I can't show you that text. But I can show you the life of God, the function of God, and how He operates. And the New Testament looks just like the Old Testament. And that's what I've been dealing with. Miracles. Here's what's happened. We've taken miracles and it's a miracle for anything anymore. I found a parking spot. That was a miracle. No, it wasn't. Somebody pulled out and you were there. Okay? A miracle is when God intervenes in such a way there's absolutely no other explanation. You've got to get a hold of that. We've taken miracles. It's a miracle to do anything anymore. Okay? And it's not. God has a natural order in which he works. We looked at some texts last week. uh, John chapter 5, verse 36. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Basically, John's gospel, chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, is the sum of what he wrote the entire book. He says he did many more of these. And he didn't write, he didn't list all these miracles. He said it would fill all the books if I put all the miracles that Jesus did. And key, I want you to understand the key to why John wrote the text. It was not that you would believe the miracles and be saved. That's not what he says. He says that you would believe he is God. That's the key. We have a large movement in the church today in America that believes you must do a miracle to get people saved. That's a lie. God never did a miracle for people to be saved. He did a miracle to say, I am God. And you've got to get a hold of that. If you believe you have to do miracles to win salvation, then preaching is obsolete. And Paul says they will be saved how? By the preaching of the gospel. And how do I know the gospel is true? It's full of miracles that validate it for what it is. Do you see that? We throw miracles around. Oh, he's got cancer and it's a miracle they were. No, they weren't. You give them radiation, chemotherapy, they got over it. Amazing. Okay, they were sicker than a dog. Please, please understand this. Miracles, every time in Scripture, it is God revealing Himself. This is who I am. And if it's anything other than that, I will dogmatically call it a heresy. Because it goes against Scripture. That's harsh. Yeah, it is. It is. You know why I say that? 
at the end of the age, the Antichrist will do what? Miracles. He will counterfeit what God does. And it says, even to fool the elect, if possible. How come it's not possible to fool the elect? You have the book that was validated by miracles. And that's why your responsibility and my responsibility is to be diligent, rightly dividing truth. So when the charlatan comes, the false teacher comes, I can look at it and say, it ain't real. When a man or a woman comes to me saying, I speak for God and I'll do a miracle to prove it, I know he's a false teacher. God said in Revelation 22, 18, anyone who adds to this book, the plagues be added to them. You come claiming that God is now giving more revelation. You are a liar and you are deceived and you are deceiving others. The book is done. Okay? We're all on the right page now. All right? Jesus was a miracle worker. Jesus did miracles. Why? To prove who he was. John's gospel, chapter 2, at the wedding in Canaan. Up until that point, he had never done a miracle, it says. This was the first sign of who he was. Listen, there's a lot of extra writings going on right now. have been. Uh, They actually appeared in 400 A.D., Okay, anybody know what happened in 400 A.D.? It's the birth of the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church said that God was doing more miracles to affirm and confirm the Roman Catholic Church. And then all of a sudden you'll start seeing. It says that Jesus killed a little boy who got angry. He spoke a word. When he was just a kid, he spoke a word said, and the kid fell over dead. It said that he raised a, a dead bird from, uh, uh, raised a, a dead bird back to life it said that he uh, uh, had made some clay pigeons and blew on them and they all turned into real pigeons and they flew away all Roman Catholic writings okay they all started around 400 AD why because they understand that God does miracles when he's confirming his reality he's validating what he's doing and so they wrote these and they said these are true and yet it contradicts John's gospel chapter 2 it says the first miracle he ever did was what Water to wine at the wedding in Canaan, and that was the start of his ministry. See what I'm trying to get at, people? Acts chapter 2. We're going to cover some ground. You can write these down. I've got them marked so you can keep up. Acts chapter 2. Peter preaching. Verse 22, men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested. You know what that means? Validated, confirmed, proven to you by God with how? Miracles. Miracles. God said, this is my son who I am well proved. How do you know? Look at the miracles he does. Why? I'm validating it. You see it over and over. God does miracles to validate that he is revealing himself. Miracles then are always in scripture for one purpose. Prove God is speaking. Whether it's Old Testament, written word, 
New Testament living word or the New Testament written word, miracles validate the men that God is speaking through. The, now listen, defining a miracle is this way. Okay, I gave you a part of this last week. Defining a miracle is this way. It is something that happens where there is absolutely no other explanation. Okay, listen, walking on water, there is no other explanation. Got it? All right? I, I, I don't, I can't, an axe head that floats, hmm, I'm thinking I can't do that. Okay? But here's the second part of the definition. The only purpose is when God wants people to know he is speaking, God does miracles. Okay, now listen. I'm speaking before you. I'm speaking on behalf of God. How do you know that I'm true? I can't do a trick. Actually, I got this one card trick I can do. One. Okay. But that's it. Listen, God normally operates the universe according to his created natural law. Okay? But when it comes time for God to make a self-revelation, he will step in and contrary to the natural law, he will make things occur which there is no other explanation than God has done it. That is a miracle. And Jesus did miracles to reveal that he was a deity. You've got to get a hold of this. Why did he do these? And here's what's amazing. He lived 33 years. He only did miracles for three. Jesus revealed himself when he began his ministry at his baptism. Okay? So if you look at miracles where God goes through human vessels and does miracles it's very small very very small he did it with moses okay he did it with elijah and elisha to 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 lay the platform for prophetic revelation but you know what what miracle did isaiah do what was the miracle that joel did there wasn't How did you know they were speaking for God? Because what they said happened. They said happened. If you look at, if you're honest with scriptures, please, we banter miracles around. And if you watch any of this stuff on television, gee, many crickets. Okay. If you're honest with scripture, God intervening into the natural order that he created is very seldom. Very seldom. You just don't see it. And you know what? I see the same pattern in scripture in the New Testament. In the New Testament. Times of miracles, God has specific thing to reveal. You know what the specific thing was that he always revealed through his miracles? Please hear this. Every single time. His word. His word. You, right now in your hands, have the greatest miracle that man has ever seen. And look what we do with it. How many of us read it? 
You know, I remember when I thought it used to be a sin to write in it. Well, I used to. I mean, you can write in it. Is that the holy word? Won't it like jump up and slap you? What if you write in the wrong color ink? What if you use pencil? Okay. Listen, God give us his word to reveal the limits and the boundaries around his word. And when God is revealing either his written word or Christ, his living word, it's only then and only then we see miracles used as a sign. What was the sign? This is my word. This is mine. This is me revealing myself to you. Miracles are not the norm for God. Let me tell you why. If miraculous intervention is the norm for God, what do you do with faith and hope? What do you do with them? Listen, if you've got to have a miracle, you haven't got a whole lot of faith, do you? If you've got to have a miracle or a trick, how's your hope? And yet I can summarize the Bible with faith, hope, and love. Paul did. And the greatest of these is love. Why? At some point, faith will cease, hope will cease. But what do I put my faith and hope in now? Miracles? Signs? Visions? I've had visions. They call them nightmares. Okay? But I always blame mine on pepperoni. Okay? Listen. You want to know miracle? Write it down. 2 Corinthians 3.18 You with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, are what? Being transformed. From glory to glory. What is the glory to glory? Christ himself. Let me tell you something. I've seen some of you. That's a miracle. But the manifestation is not going to be you. The manifestation will be God. Okay? And you know what? You have to do something in that. You can't sit around and sleep on your Bible. You have to... Rightly divide truth, you have to be in prayer, and you have to be in church. And you can't do best two out of three. And you will be transformed. Why? Because the more you pour yourself into the book, the more you will yield, the more you yield, the more he manifests, the more he manifests, the more he'll bear fruit, and the more you'll start looking like Christ. And you'll have people start saying, I want what they've got. And then you get it all in kind of weird stuff. Hey, well, I just really like that guy because he's... No, it's Christ you're seeing. I hear people say, you know what? I really like this about you, Terry. I know, Terry, that ain't me. I ain't like that. On my best days, I'm not like that. But I see that. Well, that's Christ. Well, you just don't know. Okay, fine. I don't know what I'm talking about. You guys just keep walking. All right? Christian TV, Christian radio, and all the rest of it, there is absolutely no end to miracles. They are everywhere. And you know what? There's absolutely no evidence that they are even legitimate. And yet people follow it like it's crazy. God finished the Old Testament. You know what? 400 years, you didn't hear nothing. 
Okay, boom, got the New Testament. There it goes. Let me show you another text. I want to show you something here because I, I watch us getting kind of twisted up. Go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. Jesus has gone back to his hometown, Nazareth. Okay, this is where he grew up. Chapter 13, verses 54 through 58, I want to show you miracles. I see people today who said, if I can see miracles, then I'm going to be interested in this. And I want to show you what the Lord says about this. He came to his hometown, he began teaching them in their synagogue so that they were... So that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? So they knew of his reputation. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, his brothers, James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas, and his sisters? Are they not with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor except in his hometown, in his own household. Look what he says next. And he did, look what it says, not do any miracles. Why? Why did he not do any miracles? Because of their unbelief. God does miracles when he's already prepared the soil to receive it in belief. He will validate the man of God before them. You will never see in scripture God doing a miracle to get him to believe. The issue is not the miracle. The issue is unbelief. That's always been the battle. Why? What is your faith in? What is your hope in? Once the evidence is complete that Jesus was God and it was written down, Christ finished his work. It was over. And the apostles wrote it all down and you'll find that the gift of miracles fades. Look at it. You see it in the Gospels. You see it in... The book of Acts, don't you? Miracles after miracles. But if you're true to the text of the Acts, what happens as you get toward the end of it? Less and less. Listen, then you get into Paul's epistles, right? How many miracles do you see in Paul's epistles? When Epaphroditus was sick and near death, what did Paul say? He's sick and he stayed sick. When Paul got sick, what happened? He stayed sick. Why did he call for the healer? When they cut his head off, why did he say, Timothy, bring me the guy who puts heads back on? When they crucified Peter upside down, how come we didn't go get a healer and get him up out of the grave? Why didn't we do a miracle? Because God said it is done. I don't need to validate this anymore. It's down. It's mine. It's protected. Where's the miracles? You don't need them. Why? The issue isn't miracles. The issue is belief or unbelief. Okay? Uh, Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12.
Verse 12 says, The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with all perseverance by signs, wonders, and miracles. Okay? Okay, you know that's a fascinating phrase right there. The signs of an apostle is not a apostle. Got that? He uses a definite article there, the signs, meaning what? The abilities of an apostle, not a apostle. A apostle would be me. I am a sent forth messenger. You know what? I am an, when I leave Wednesday, I am an apostle of Castle Rock Baptist Church sent with the message of this church to Russia. Okay? But I do not have the definite article that says that I can do miracles because I possess in my hand what? The miracle, the validation of Scripture by miracles in Scripture. I bring that. And if you want to see if I'm right or wrong, how do you test it? Usually read the verse in front of what he's preaching or the verse after what he's preaching. It usually doesn't get any more complicated than that, but for whatever reason, we don't seem to be able to do that today. Okay, listen, the charismatic church, and I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. The charismatic church today will tell you that they need miracles. You know what? I love those brothers because you know why? They're at least consistent. Because they say Scripture ain't done. That's better than the conservatives. The conservatives will buy the new revelation, but they'll claim the Scripture is done. And I'm saying, no, you can't do that. You're either going to do one or you're going to do the other. And the charismatic church, the Pentecostals, are big into, I'm going to have a miracle because God is getting ready to say something else. He didn't get it done? I thought he got it finished. Okay, and and you know what? If if you want to go down that road, you go that way. I have more texts to bury it. All right? Miracles are the signs of an apostle. Definite article. Definite article means the man of God who the resurrected Christ said, I want you for a job. You know what? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. And if I do, everybody's going to know it. I'll be the big chicken in the corner. Okay? If I see Jesus, I hope it's out of my body, present with the Lord. If I see him on the Damascus Road, I'm thinking I'm in trouble. All right? The sign of an apostle. That was a sign. Now, go to the book of Hebrews. Chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. This is key. This is key. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. No, wait. I want to go with verse 2 because verse 2 is really fun. Okay? For if... The word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every transgression and disobedience received just penalty. How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You see what he just said there. What is the the primary focus right here? The word of God. Listen, the preeminence of the book of Hebrews is Jesus Christ. And the writer of this letter brings Jesus Christ in the Bible back to one. You know what? I see people who tell me, I love Jesus Christ, I just can't read the Word. You're deceived. 
You can't do that. You cannot love Jesus Christ and not be in the Word. You cannot love the Word and not love Jesus Christ. It's impossible. It's impossible. And I can even do that with the church. How do I say I love Jesus Christ? I just don't like the church. Really? Well, the church is his incarnation today. He bought the church with his precious blood. He is the head over the church. It is his body. I love your mind, Lord. It's your body bugs me. No, I did that when I was a teenager. Okay, I love you for your mind. And the girls always knew you were lying. Look what verse 3 says. We escaped so great a salvation. Now look how it worked. After it was at... Here, read it, Terry. After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard God also testifying that's confirming it with them both by what? Signs and wonders and various miracles by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His own will. Whose own will? Holy Spirit's own will. What? I confirmed what is spoken. It is the revelation of God. How did I do it? By miracles. How do you do it now? I speak the gospel now. How do you know? How do you know what I'm saying is true? Master is the word of God. And if it doesn't, then guess what? It's a lie. Listen, you know what? You study diligently. Okay? Please hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying set under this person's teacher or this method or this. Listen, those are gifts. I've already dealt with those things. And you can get the CDs or MPs or whatever we do with them anymore. Okay? You study diligently. And the word proves itself as to what it claims. It will every time. Every time. The problem that exists today, people don't want to do that. Miraculous abilities were to confirm the word. It only appeared when God was revealing his word. That's the only time you see it. You know, how do you know about Adam and Eve? Adam and Eve didn't write it down. How do you know? How do you know about Noah? How do you know? How do you know there was a flood? How do you know that? Moses wrote it down. You know what? When I found that out, that was one of the things that I understood. He said that the waters all sought their own level again. Moses did. And the only water he ever saw was the Mediterranean Sea. How did he know there was more? Because he was writing for God. He was writing for God. Do you understand that? They confirm the word, and they only appear when God is revealing his word. If this gift is continuous day, continuous today, then hear this. There's only one purpose, and that is to confirm God's revelation. Okay? God is still revealing his word, and if he's doing that after our Bible is complete, then Revelation 22, 18 is a lie. Revelation 22, 18 says, anyone who adds to this, may the plagues be added to him. 
So the ones who come along with miracles and keep claiming that miracles are happening, they are at least consistent. They're saying God is revealing themselves. God has told me, is what you will hear. God has said. You know what? God has said. They will tell you that there are people who are having visions. I don't know how many people I've heard. I have a vision. I need to build a hospital and you need to send me money. Okay? I had visions. So that was before I got saved. And I know how they, impl- how they occurred. And they can't be explained by God. Alright? Do you see what I'm trying to get at? I see it today, and yet what they're doing is lying. And it is a heresy. I hate to say it that way, but they are at least consistent with God revealing himself. If I believe, and here's what I believe, okay? And you can believe with me if you want to. The word of God is finished. Revelation is over with. God needs not reveal anything else. The next time he reveals... Nobody's going to have any doubts. Okay? When the stars all fall out of the sky, and then you take the blackness that will exist and roll it up, and all you're going to see is Jesus, there's not going to be anybody guessing. wonder what that is. Okay? But let me tell you something. Grace has already left the building. Grace has already left the building. So the next time God reveals himself, it's going to be the uh-oh. It's going to be the uh uh-oh. Listen, revelation is over with. Then there is no need for the normal, for a continuing normal flow of miracles. Okay? Nowhere in the scriptures do I see a need for it anymore. It is very clear through the gospel and acts there was a progressive lessening of miracles. Correct? You see them slowly go away. To the point where when you get Paul's writings, he doesn't say Epaphras is sick and we needed to heal him. He says he was grievous in his heart. Paul said he had that problem with his eyes. He never said, you know, I just needed to lay hands on my eyes and heal it. Cast out the demon of eye problem. He didn't do it. Why? Bible is done. The purpose of miracles is done. Okay, and I want to give you two last thoughts on this. Okay, because I want to show you something in the conclusion of this. Here's the question that I get hit with occasionally. What if some don't believe the Bible? Okay, that's the attack that exists. That's the attack that is also... uh, Listen, that attack isn't new. Okay? It starts with this way. Has God said? You know how old that is, right? That'd be Genesis 3. Actually, Genesis 2. Okay? So, that, that, so when people say, well, I don't believe the Bible, you know what you're telling me? I don't believe in miracles. So if I do a miracle, you ain't going to believe it anyway. Right? Let me give you a couple of verses to ponder on that one. 
I'm going to make you go look them up. But Jesus said this, Woe to you, Iconium. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Woe to you, Capernaum. Had the miracles done before you been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. And I tell you, you'll be destroyed and never built on again. You know what? I've walked on the ruins of Iconium, Capernaum, and Bethsaida. Not only can you not build on them, there's a little path into each of them because they're full of landmines all around back when Syria occupied the ground. And I was out throwing rocks to see if I could make one go off. <laughs> well, it says danger mines. Quick, give me a rock. You still the rock, you know. But they say that Israel will let you graze your livestock out there for free. <laughs> They will. Look, hamburger. (laughs) Okay. There's no need for miracles. If that's what it takes to convince somebody, it isn't a question of miracles, it's a question of unbelief. Okay, I'm going to give you one other verse that I, I remember. Rich young man died, went to hell. He looked across the chasm to see... Lazarus, the beggar at Abraham's bosom. And he speaks forth to the Lord and says, Let me from this place, I will tell my brothers, and they will not enter into this condemnation. What was Jesus' response? You have the prophets. You have Moses. If you do not believe that, will they believe someone who is raised from the dead? Okay. And here's the kicker to that text. When the man was raised from the dead, they did not believe. I have been in Israel. They've got a temple or a site or something everywhere Jesus stepped. And the tomb is empty. They have a headless body in the Vatican they claim is John the Baptist. And they worship it. I watched people line up and kiss this rock that they said Jesus laid on. If we had a body, we would worship it. And the body's gone. There's a miracle. You know what that confirms to me? Jesus is God. Why? He ain't here. He left. He left. And yet, in this room this day, there are some who bathe out that. That's fine. You know what? I can't make you believe that anyway. God did his miracles in front of the people who he had already moved in their heart that they would believe. That's the way this room is today. That's the way the church is today. You have people in the church, did you know that? That aren't saved. They may know the Bible. I want you to think about Thanksgiving. It was by miraculous intervention that you have the Bible. And I wonder how many in this room today are thankful for it. And we thank God that we have a job, our health, our children. Well, I don't know if anybody thanks for their children. Um... 
my, my mom called me on my birthday and said, by the way, do you know you're adopted? Um, I, was, I was like, yeah, I do. I was grafted into Jesus Christ. She didn't like that. But anyway, do you understand that? I want you to understand when you talk about miracles, I ain't talking about somebody on TV touches a rag to their head and says, there's a man in Oklahoma whose back don't hurt no more. You know, I, I remember meeting a group of kids and they said that they were having a healing service and God was doing miracles after miracles. I said, what? He says, there were like 19 people who had one leg shorter than the other and God lengthened them. I said, is that an epidemic where you guys are? <laughs> I would move. Are you guys living near Rocky Flats or something? And that's what we do today. That's what we do today. You know why the Pentecostal church don't work in Russia? Because when the Russians ask, when you tell a Russian a miracle, they're going to bring to you a dead body. And they're going to say, raise it. Okay? Okay. And that's why they don't go there. Why? They can't do it. Why? God doesn't need to reveal himself. The Russians asked us, what you and I are doing in Russia right now, is they said, just bring us the word. That's all. You just want the word. Why? Because the Russians understand, that's the miracle. When I was thinking about my buddy, the Russian pastor, when he got freedom, I said, what was the greatest thing that you ever seen since you have freedom in Russia? And he says, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. What? He said, I didn't know there was a letter to the church in Ephesus that said we were blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. All I had was the gospel of Luke. He didn't even know about Genesis. He didn't know about revelations. I have the beginning and the end. Not only that, I have everything that's in the middle. What greater miracle is there? Not only that, he saves it for us. Brothers and sisters, you have so much to be thankful for this day. I pray that when you read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, In everything, be thankful. Give thanks. And you know my greatest praise that I have for my king? I have his book. And I need no more. Absolutely nothing else. Have the book. Why? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. So much for your word. Lord, I, I'm overwhelmed by it on a regular basis. You overwhelm me. You invade me. Thank you. Father, may I hunger and thirst for your word. May that only increase with every breath you grace me. Lord, there's times I beg your forgiveness that I treat it slightly. Lord, let me not fall into that. Father, let me never go to your book mechanically. Father, let me always go to your book with an eagerness and a hunger and a thirst for the miracle that it is in the soul of man. Father, let us not buy into what the world is selling. 
Father, let us understand that it will only be through the preaching of your word will souls enter into the kingdom of heaven. And that's all. Father, let us understand that we are only holy by your word. And your word is truth. Let us lay full weight upon that. Father, may we draw deep drinks from the deep well. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. Father, we commend it to you even now. Father, give us ears to hear. Give us hearts overwhelmed. Father, give us hearts of gratitude for what you do. In Christ's name, amen.